a family business founded in 1977, Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven is an award-winning garden and lifestyle destination. Find an unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments at our stores in Lachlan Bridge, County Carlow and Kilquaid, County Wicklow. Arboretum.ie Tuesday nights from 6 until 7 on KCLR. This is The Garden Show with Paul Smith. Brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven. Transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments. Arboretum.ie Hello and welcome along to The Garden Show this week. Uh, we've got on the line in a wee bit, we've got Jimmy Blake of Huntington Hunting Brook Gardens, I should say, in County Wicklow, going to talk us through creating his garden from scratch and some of his favourite plants. Our how-to section will focus on garden furnitures and all things to do with that, uh, with James Connolly, the shop manager down in Kilquaid. And as ever, I'll be answering all of your gardening questions. If you do have any gardening questions, uh, please send them in to the KCLR text or WhatsApp line 083 306 9696. Well, it's an absolutely beautiful day out there, or at least it is in Kilkenny. Uh, we've had a few good days and gardens have really came to life. Um, and it's got me looking out and noticing the garden that I work in over in Offaly. And one plant in particular has caught my attention, which is going to be my focus of plant of the week this week, and they are Aquilegia. Um, Aquilegias, they have a couple of different names. People know them as Aquilegias, Columbine, Granny Bonnets, but they're a real cottage garden plant. They've got like these delicate nodding bell-shaped flowers and really nice foliage too and a very reliable plant one of those plants that you just can't kill um, great plant to kind of seed about the place and fill gaps other thing they do with great colour range they go from white through to pale yellow to purples blues pinks and single flowers and double flowers and a little bit of everything the other great thing about them is their foliage is sort of semi-evergreen so it can be quite handy if you're planting them into a garden uh, they're a great plant to fill a gap uh, they need very little aftercare once they're in and established um, and the best thing to do with them to look after them is to just chop them down once they finish flowering so they do tend to finish flowering about end of June time and if you go chop them down you will often get a late flush of flower from them later in September time as well so that's a good tip to keep them going um, one or two varieties to look out for one called Aquilegia Nora Barlow one of the older varieties interestingly enough named after Charles Darwin's granddaughter um, it's got pink uh, and green and white petals sort of a very uh, mottled sort of thing but quite an unusual double flowered one and as I said they will self-seed uh, prolifically across the garden and they cross pollinate with other species and other varieties so uh, a really great plant to fill gaps in your garden if you have a garden that you don't mind a little bit on the wild side and having things popping up here there and everywhere they are a fantastic plant uh, really good to have so on the line here I have someone who knows uh, lots and lots about plants and is a fantastic gardener in his own right and it's Jimmy Blake the owner of Huntingbrook Gardens up in Wicklow. Jimmy, how are you? Hi, Paul. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Out in the garden all day, I take it, have you? Out in the garden all day, yeah. I was teaching a class about woodland plants today, so it was was, uh, after a day that was supposed to be terrible weather it was actually a beautiful day yeah I don't know what these weather folk are up to nowadays they're trying to send us in all sorts of directions but uh, no it's been so great to be out and get a little bit of work done and I was the same earlier uh, just to let people know uh, Jimmy has a garden up in County Wicklow just outside Blessington um, one of my favourite gardens in the country it has to be said so could Jimmy could you just give a little background to yourself and how you got into gardening in your kind of early career which led you to Huntingbrook if that's okay yeah, I suppose I'm I'm gardening since I was a little boy, and um, I was always gardening with my mum in in the garden at home, and um, and then I ended up in 
working in the local garden centre when I was in starting secondary school. I worked there in weekends and summers and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I got really hooked on it from a very early age. So, um, and then went on to train in the Botanic Gardens in Dublin and um, did three years there and then ended up in Airfield up in Dundrum for for 10 years uh, working up there as as head gardener uh, well only gardener for a lot of it but yeah head gardener <laughs> and uh, the head gardener <laughs> under gardener and every other gardener yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely still are so yeah that was that was a very quick a quick sum up of my uh earlier days. Uh, very good. And that led you, I guess, to, um, well, that passion for plants had been there for years and years. And I guess the joy any gardener would have was to finally have their own place and their own plot and their own garden. And that led you, I guess, to create uh, the garden that you're now in, which is Huntingbrook, just outside Blessington. Yeah, I suppose I, you know, I really, I was collecting so many different plants and I just wasn't getting a chance to kind of put them in my own ground um, so so that's what I it's, it was 20 acres on the side of the farm that I got which was very lucky um, so yeah started it 21 years ago now Wow, um, wow. So. it's 20 beautiful acres though because it's not just like a flat 20 acre field uh, you might you know it's um, a really interesting uh, site up on pretty much the side of a hill and you've got a really beautiful valley it's um, yeah a very interesting 20 acres uh, not very useful in terms of I guess agriculture but in terms of what you're doing and showing off piece of you know the natural landscape it is it's gorgeous isn't it yeah yeah I was lucky to, to snap up this part of it <laughs> um yeah, so a lot of it is woodland, um, and that's that's my big interest, I suppose, is is woodland plants, plants for shade, and um, you know, there's there's other parts as well, like there's meadow, there's native meadow as well, which is coming on nicely over the last few years, and um, and then up around the house, then there's a a few acres of it kind of intensely planted and area. When you came to the garden, was it just a blank site? Was it that there was nothing there and kind of had been untouched? Or what did you face when you first arrived there? Yeah, it was it was just, just a field. Wow. Um, just a field. It, 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 there was no even, there was no gateway into it. Um, it was a field that sheep would have been fenced into. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was a lovely site before I got at it. <laughs> It's a lot more it's lovely now. Uh, I can tell anyone <laughs> who hasn't been there, uh, definitely worth a trip up. But uh, I say that like every time I go to Huntingbrook, I'm kind of in awe because one thing you do, Jimmy, as a gardener, you seem to continually be changing things and, you know, deciding you're going to change a part of the garden or shifting maybe your interest ever so slightly. So is it fair to say that you, I guess the style and tastes uh, that you have have evolved as the garden has? Yeah, I think that's. I think it's important as a as a garden. Well, for me anyway, I have to be doing this kind of new 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 thing, new projects, growing new plants, and um, I suppose I get bored quite easily. So I have to have that. I love that, especially these few weeks. Actually, you know that great, cre- real creative buzz that you get at at the moment. But you know, figuring out new how to grow new plants, how to combine them, and just challenging myself. I suppose all the time to um to see what I can grow it's like it's a thousand feet in Wicklow like it's not it's not a warm microclimate or anything no um, not the easiest so time. yeah I love new love new projects um, so it's all there's always um, I'd like to be doing even more but um, 
it's got so big now. <laughs> I have to look after what I have as well. Yeah, so it's uh, you're always sort of thinking of the next thing and always trying. Well, as you say, uh, gardeners love to experiment, and I guess you're a brilliant example of that because, as I said, every time I go there, you've changed something or something else is different. Uh, I remember looking in the house, you have a photo on the wall of the garden, probably in its early couple of years. And uh, for someone who's known the garden maybe the last five or six, and this was probably 20 years ago, it's changed beyond recognition from one of those early photos. It really has... Uh, always been changing and adapting but like you say that's just part of your joy of being able to change and add and try and experiment which is what you love doing absolutely and we're so lucky i suppose to be in this world of plants that you, there's always new plants to grow there's always new ways to grow them so yeah, yeah it's 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 still get the same excitement that i got 30 years ago <laughs> no matter what we try we'll never grow them all um, look we're going to go for a very quick break Jimmy and be back to you to talk a little bit more about your favourite plants and what you're up to at Huntingbrook at the moment Grant ok thanks Paul The Garden Show on KCLR with Paul Smith brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants trees tools and treatments arboretum.ie and welcome back to The Garden Show. On the air here, I have Jimmy Blake of Huntingbrook Gardens in County Wicklow. Jimmy, I don't know, were you listening to the ad breaks there uh, when we were off for a second or two? The bananas? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I heard it too. I picked up on it. Uh, did you know that? What was it, 500 or something? 500 varieties, yeah. Um, how many do you grow That's in Huntingbrook? You probably have a few. Um, oh, I grow, grow a few, but I managed to kill most of them this winter. Um <laughs> I left them out in a cold polytunnel and um, oh, I had lovely red leaf ones and I think I had about 50 of them and uh, they were, they're all dead. Oh, okay. So right. I'm not <laughs> friends with the old banana plants now, to be honest with you. Uh, anyone who doesn't know, banana plants, you don't grow them to fruit them in this country, you grow them for their really dramatic tropical foliage and I guess that's kind of the sort of uh, plants you're into, Jimmy, isn't it? Uh, woodlanders that have really dramatic bold foliage, among lots of other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really kind of, I mean, all sorts of plants, really, to be honest with you. It's, you know, I love big, I love foliage plants. I'm lucky I have the valley here and, you know, I'm experimenting with, with all really nice, you know, stuff like sheffleras and just interesting leaves, especially evergreens that are there during the winter as well. Um, and a lot of really interesting bamboos as well. So you're testing, I mean, most people, if they hear Sheffler as the umbrella plant, they think of uh, houseplants. Uh, most people grow them as that, but you can grow them outside in Blessington, up in Wicklow, on the side of a hill a thousand feet up. So it's sort of, yeah, there's hope for us all then, is there? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you're always just trying, you're always learning from whatever weather you have, I suppose. Do you know, I'm figuring out that they, do you know, they like the shelter, they like well-drained. So many of our plants don't like to be sitting in winter wet with their roots wet during the winter. Um, so, yeah, I'm learning. And, and I'm just back from England. And, and so many of the shepherds were killed over there. They they lost an awful lot of plants this winter compared to us. Yeah, it, um, it's a good point, actually. The, it's not often the cold. It's usually the wet and the persistent sitting. Uh, it's like, you know, none of us like to have our feet wet and plants are similar, I guess, isn't it? Um, that can really yeah. do a lot of harm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of I had a smirk on my face when they were they were all the English gardeners were all saying the wet the wet winter they had because usually they're making fun of us having a wet winter. Um, <laughs> but you got one back. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we didn't. <laughs> for a change. Um, so, just what you're up to in Huntingbrook at the moment. So, I, I know for a long time you've been offering a plants person course there, but what other events, courses, and I know you're doing a lot more online stuff at the moment. What do you offer um, to people who are interested in? learning a little bit more about gardening and probably on a little uh, bit more of a, the next level of gardening, if you want to say. Yeah, yeah. We offer different courses. Like there's in the place here, we have, you know, we have these evenings now, let's talk plants evenings where it's like it's it's after or when the place is shut to the public, then we have, you can book in and I bring you on a basically a tour, a tour of the plant, the garden, um, kind of having one of them once a month towards the end of May, the first one is, but, um, so yeah, it's all about the plants. And then we kind of go into having one on salvias and dahlias. And then we've another one on full bloom. Um, so they're kind of in person classes. And then for years, as you said, we're running that plants persons course. That's, that's one Tuesday a month for a year. It's a kind of quite, quite an in-depth course. Um, but it was, you know, during COVID, we had to kind of adapt like a lot of people and um, we started filming. So I've been filming kind of for the last two or three years um, and we have filmed all all the courses and everything now is online as a as a membership where you sign up for the year or, or sign up per month and you get access then to all the all the courses. And we do are we. I'm always filming different courses. I'm in the middle of filming a, a container gardening course at the moment Um and we just finished a combinations course and a propagation course. And so, yeah. Always up to something. Always have a, something up your sleeve and something to, uh, and I guess it's one of your things. You're a very passionate teacher and you do, uh, you know, you enjoy having the garden full of people who are willing to learn too. So that's always great. Um, and it's uh, quite a place to learn as well, it has to be said. Um, with that in mind, then just, uh, talking about inspiration, uh, you know, uh, this, your garden inspires lots of people, but have you taken inspiration, uh, from lots of other gardens or gardeners, in fact? Um, I suppose I've always been lucky. Well, not I have always gone to visit a lot of gardens, and it's it's. I think it's so important to keep ourselves fresh with ideas and kind of stepping, no matter what level you are in gardening, but stepping outside your your own place, your own garden. Um. So I've spent my whole life going to visit gardens in Ireland and around the world as well. But um, I suppose the UK has been a really big inspiration for me. Do you know gardens like Great Dixter? Um, Wisley Gardens I was in the other day the Royal Horticulture Society Wisley Gardens always an incredible garden to learn and uh, there's nothing that I enjoy more than going to a garden usually on my own with a notebook and the, getting that buzz of ideas or writing down names of plants you haven't seen heard of before and um, so I think it's just a great it's a great way of educating yourself and keeping yourself excited and buzzed up about your about what you do in your garden. And I mean, that'll um, probably tie in. I sent questions over to you earlier about, you know, would you have advice to someone new to gardening? And that's probably it. Is it just go out and visit other gardens and see what everyone's up to? Yeah, I think I, I really think that's such a good idea. And, uh, do you know, and go to your garden events, go to the, like, the plant fairs in Ireland are great. Yep. We're really, really lucky. And, um, you know, people always ask me, where, you know, where will you get that plant that I'm babbling on about on social media or whatever? And, uh, I'm always saying these, these, these plant fairs, all these small specialist nurseries go to the plant fairs and you'll, um, you'll find these plants. 
um, and also then getting spot you'll see plants maybe you never saw before um so i would say that definitely um and and i suppose if you're you know you're starting out gardening it's kind of trying to get to know maybe some other people in the area that are 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 on the same or they're getting excited about gardening as well um you know maybe see if there's any of the neighbors getting are good at gardening or getting into gardening i think you know sometimes gardening can be a little bit solitude so it's actually finding a tribe of people that are that are getting into it as well or into it yeah it's nice to find like-minded folk who are um and also you know gardeners are very generous by their nature um you know it's always great to swap plants with different people and that's a great starting point if you have no idea what you're doing uh, someone gives you generally a clump of one or two things that do well for them and uh, that can often start off the bug i guess um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on that, then, yeah. uh, really unfairly, do you have a favourite plant or a few favourite plants, or is that just not? Uh, that's an impossible question, is it? Oh God, it depends on the day. Um, <laughs> uh, like, you know, we have everything from we've cactus gardens up here, and kind of really interesting cactus at the moment. But I'm also, I suppose, I'm very interested in in trees at the moment, especially maples, acers, different types of acers. And um, I was just thinking this morning to myself, I said, don't be delaying, just get the tr- just plant the trees. If you have a chance to plant trees, just do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested in that. And then salvias are a big plant for me that we're going to do a huge salvia collection here this year. I'm kind of building up. I did it years ago. Well, a good few years ago, I had over, it was 245 different salvias. Wow. Um, <laughs> but, um bad winters managed to kill a good few but I'm um, building up the collection again so I'm really excited because there's lots of new ones that I haven't even seen in flower yet so that's that's exciting and um, and then the dahlias as well we've grown a lot from seed of really big tall single dahlias um, so yeah it's, I mean it's very hard for me to answer what my favourite plant is but there's a lot of- I also like very simple plants like snowdrops like yourself Paul Um yeah, thanks. I'm very simple. Uh, that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I know what you mean. There's, it's just an impossible question, but I felt uh, I had to ask uh, just a few things if anyone's listening. But yeah, uh, they're great. And I've often said it and people say it all the time. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and the next best time is right now. So if you're thinking about going out yeah. and getting a tree, uh, you know, it's a great start to a garden as well. So uh, really, really good. And just finally, before we head off, Jimmy, when is the garden yeah. open this summer and where can people find out a bit more about you and what you do yeah it's open uh wednesday to saturday uh, 11 to 4 and till the end of september sometime towards the end of september it's we close then and um you can check the website it's huntingbrookgardens.com and then on social media um instagram is i think it's jimmy blake underscore huntingbrook gardens and on facebook it's huntingbrook gardens so you'll see me there going on about plants brilliant um, and well <laughs> worth a look because it really is uh, inspirational and as I said one of my favourite gardens if anyone hasn't been I really would encourage you to have a look at it um, it's not too far from either Carlo or Kilkenny Jimmy Blake thank you very much yes. for coming on this evening thanks Paul cheers The Garden Show on KCLR with Paul Smith brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants trees tools and treatments arboretum.ie 
and welcome back to The Garden Show here on KCLR. Uh, just a little bit of gardening news before we go over to our how-to section with James Connolly of the Arboretum in Kilquaid. Uh, Jimmy Blake, who was just then earlier, was talking about uh, these plant fairs that are all over the country and very luckily there's one coming to County Carlow this weekend. So the one of the main ones, the rare and special plant fair in association with Board Bia is happening this coming Sunday, uh, the 14th of May in Boris House, County Carlow. So there'll be up to 40 specialist nurseries from all over Ireland that be there showcasing their beautiful plants, their unusual hard-to-find varieties and giving expert advice on how to look after them as well. So if you are looking for that, well worth a look. And it's also in Boris House, which is a really beautiful house, a Tudor-style house built 1730s or so, uh, home of the McMurray Cavanagh family, the former kings of Leinster, as well as being situated in a really beautiful part of the Barrow, Barrow Valley, I should say, in County Carlow. Uh, a really picturesque setting and a really, really good event. So anyone who's looking for a few different plants is well worth heading over to Burris uh, later on. And also the gardens of Burris House uh, are well worth looking at too with their lovely backdrop in the Blackstairs Mountains. So uh, definitely worth having a look at. Otherwise, thing that's happening the following weekend is uh, I spoke a few weeks ago to Mary Pike of Rose House in Kilkenny and they are having their plant sale on Saturday, May the 20th from 10am. The other thing uh, just I spotted and uh, Martin who helps me here at the tech was talking about this uh, just before we came in is No Mo May and lots of you have probably noticed the last couple of weeks on Post have been sending out leaflets um, in their kind of bits of the post that you don't always uh, look at but I did actually pick up one the other day and um, uh, on it was all about No Mo May and explaining it and uh, we were even just chatting about how uh, No Mo May is great but the garden can look a bit scruffy and you know the sides of the roads if you don't know what's going on um, it really doesn't make sense but the whole idea behind No Mo May apart from the fact that you don't have to bother do anything with your grass for the whole month of May which you know in my book is fantastic because I hate cutting grass but that's a whole other a whole other story um, is that it's encouraging all of the flowers that are naturally in your lawns because let's face it nobody has a very perfect lawn um, to grow and to flower and that provides nectar and pollen and all sorts of habitat as well for all these creatures that are unfortunately dwindling because of the way we've been gardening for years and years and years so it really is um, something worth considering if you haven't cut the grass already in May uh, just maybe decide you know what I'm not going to cut the grass for a few weeks you don't have to do it for the whole month of May you can do it for part of it or you could even decide to you know cut it for part early May and then not cut it for the rest of the summer but maybe just look about cutting the garden a little less frequently if you are and also if you do want to do it don't you let the whole garden go wild take a corner of it up the back don't let the whole thing you know right where you park your car so you're walking out into a uh, a wild meadow it is better to have areas that you're using all the time <laughs> uh, Martin's uh, here <laughs> going damn he can't do it all but um, you do have to look after a little part of your garden it is a good idea to not let it totally go wild but equally uh, if you have a large garden or a bit more space it is good to be able to let the garden um, go a little bit wild in the right places and a few weeks ago was Earth Day which is uh, something that happens every single year and uh, Earth Day obviously ties in very well with gardening and just, you know, uh, one thing, a few things we can be doing to be a bit more ecological in the garden. So number one, gardening with less chemicals. Uh, keep watering in mind and keep the fact that water is a very precious thing in mind. Uh, composting food waste uh, is a great way to uh, encourage uh, that little bit of 
fairly simple, uh, you know, recycling and able to do it in your own back garden. And also, if you are buying compost from the garden centres, uh, try to go down the peat-free route as peat. Uh, it won't be available very soon anyway, so if we can start to learn how to grow without it, um, it is worth doing. I will say that the peat-free compost out there, they're only just beginning to become uh, sort of, you know, useful and becoming uh, on the market and ones that you can use. And it's a slightly different way of growing. You have to slightly adapt to how they work, but it is worth doing it and it's worth picking it up. And the final thing, uh, plant for pollinators and, as I said earlier with Jimmy, plant the tree. Uh, that's probably one number one thing you can do to really keep uh, keep ecologically things in mind and keep the garden, um, you know, uh, a place where there's lots and lots of wildlife and lots of other things there as well as a beautiful space for you to be in. Now, speaking of beautiful spaces and keeping them going, uh, here on The Garden Show, uh, every week we'll bring you advice from a host of experts from the team at the Arboretum who are our sponsors and this week, no exception, I've got James Connolly from the Arboretum in Kilquaid and he's here to talk all about garden furnitures, heaters, gazebos, barbecues, everything to do with kind of garden furnitures and accessories. So James, how are you doing this evening? Good, not too bad now and yourself. Oh, not too bad, yeah. Great weather, as we were saying earlier, the weather's all wrong, but at least it's dry and nice and uh, we're wanting to get out, aren't we? Uh, we definitely are, yeah. I think we've been locked up for long enough inside all winter, so we're itching for the, the nice weather to, to really kind of take off so we can get out into the garden and, you know, get the furniture out and get the barbecue going because, uh, you know, I said we've been inside for a long winter, so we're just really itching to get out now. And it, and it really has. The weather's kind of starting to pick up now, so, uh, you know, the last week or two has been really nice, so it's definitely a change and summer's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have, you know, realised that uh, we only have a fairly short summer period here in Ireland. So as soon as the weather does get good, we do go a little bit mad, but it's worth it because, uh, you know, it doesn't take long for the summer to end here. So when good weather comes, uh, we do jump on the opportunity to spend time outside. And rightly so, because uh, when it is nice here, there is no better place in the world to live or to garden or to do anything than this country. So uh, it's only right. So... Just James, in terms of gardens, they have sort of became extensions of our homes, haven't they, particularly in the last few years? And are there ways that we can enhance that further and make them more part of our homes and our everyday, you know, living in the house, not just, you know, using the garden as somewhere to put out the wheelie bin or what have you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, like really what you were trying to do is really just expand, uh, extend sorry, your, our living space. Uh, out to the garden so for the summer um, particularly so but really I suppose the best way to do that is um, you know to get a nice set of garden furniture um, and then look at the cooking so you then uh, and the barbecue then to do your cooking outside so just you know having a nice furniture a barbecue really allows us then to spend more time out in the garden and and, and get more use from it. Yeah, and a decent patio space, uh, you know, if you ha- don't have an area, make sure you put it in the nice warm part of the garden because there's nothing worse than on an evening you're sitting out in the cold of a north-facing patio. So it might mean having to situate it, uh, not necessarily where you want it at the back of the house, but depending on your garden, you might have to uh, find an area that works, I guess. Isn't that right? Yeah, I know, like you can be restricted. Sometimes you might not have, um, you know, an option, um, ideally, yeah, somewhere that's going to get the, the evening sun. Um, is is ideal, but not everyone, of course, will have that uh, the option. But if you can somewhere or located somewhere that you can get the evening sun or somewhere that gets the morning sun, because you can be very nice uh, getting up in the morning, sitting outside, nice cup of coffee to to start the morning off. But yeah, sometimes you, if you have the the you know a bit of flexibility, uh, somewhere sunny um, spot for evening sun is is probably the best place to locate the furniture if you can. 
Yeah, absolutely. Always good to uh, to do that and to make sure you have the best possible space in the garden. And you, you mentioned there earlier about cooking outdoors and uh, all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but in recent years, it has become more popular, hasn't it? Uh, it was something that warmer climates were doing, but we're beginning to embrace it in Ireland, aren't we, a bit more? I definitely think so, yeah. Like, I know during the lockdown, you know, people realise, you know, the value they have in their, their outdoor space. It's has changed people's habits. Um, barbecuing, you know, I think everyone got a barbecue during the, the lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's out barbecuing in the garden. So, uh, yeah, like, it's it's just kind of keeping, you know, people really are sticking with the barbecue and they're sticking with the habit of, of cooking outside and, you know, making the use of the barbecue that uh, they purchased. And um, so I do think, you know, you know, we're, we're getting better at barbecue and we're, we're moving away from just the traditional bits of burgers and sausages and getting a bit more adventurous now with, with barbecue. And so people are realizing you can do everything on the barbecues and not just, you know, what we've done in the past. They're, they're trying new ways and new techniques and, and everything on, on their barbecue. Yeah, gone are the days of the raw chicken on the barbecue. We're uh, getting a little bit more, uh, <laughs> little bit more. It still happens every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe not chicken, but anything else. As you say, you can use it. And, um, I've often we had a barbecue once, and I kind of use it even in the winter time because sometimes it's easier than having to go in and clean up the house if you can cook something on the barbecue that you just put it up, fire it up, uh, and away you go, and you can go back in then and you know worry about the cleaning up and all the smell and everything stays outside where you can um, cook inside then whatever else you want. So they are good and they do. I mean gas and charcoal are the two obvious ones is there any preferences or is that purely down to your own personal taste yeah it's really kind of down to your own um, personal taste Um, it depends really like charcoal there's a little bit more prep involved in it uh, you know, getting the charcoal lighting, but um, you know, you have a few accessories that uh, that speeds that process up with the chimney starters for charcoal, um, and then I suppose gas. People just if you've uh, it's a bit quicker, it's cleaner, you know, and it can be kind of a bit easier to use sometimes. But it's really personal preference. I I prefer charcoal. I have a master touch charcoal barbecue, and I love it, and I love the charcoal and experience. And so for me, it's charcoal, but most people that we would have coming into the store it seems to be gas and you know a lot of people go for the gas option rather than than charcoal but so it's really just what you know your preference is and how Um, how, i guess how much you're going to use it and like that how much you're going to use it yeah Yeah. exactly how many people you're cooking for you can get bigger options in the gas barbecues and which you can do everything on the charcoal barbecue as well so it's yeah it's really just kind of your preference and you know what you what you kind of like yourself yeah, yeah, very good. So, I mean, uh, putting out the barbecue in the garden is one thing, but uh, it can often be, you know, you go over to somewhere for a barbecue in the middle of summer here and our weather isn't exactly what you would call predictable. Um, it could be a lovely morning as it has been, you know, and then all of a sudden today, well, I was over in Offaly earlier on today and there was showers of rain throughout the day, even though there was beautiful sunny skies. So uh, we do have a slightly unpredictable climate, it's fair to say. So are there ways uh, for us to make the garden a bit more usable for more than, you know, just a little bit of money? in the summertime or are there other things we can do to make the garden kind of a year-round <laughs> space? Uh, yeah, you can. Um, you know, there's a couple of things, I suppose, over the last with lockdowns and everything, people had projects, you know, uh, covered areas built in, covered areas became uh, very popular that, you know, will allow people to barbecue all year round. They're not, you know, just tied to the good weather when the weather is still not great they can still get out and they can use their barbecue and you know people are coming in stores uh, saying oh great we can barbecue the 
Christmas turkey on the barbecue because <laughs> they have a, a covered in space outside. Um, so yeah, like that's uh, has really helped. And you have the outdoor heating options. You know, you have fire pits. Uh, you have chimneys, you have electric heaters. So there's a wide range of heaters as well that you can use in the garden that, you know, you can get out and even get a bit chillier, but you can get the, the chimney going and the fire pit going and you can stay out then for a couple of hours extra in the evening time. Yeah, no, it really is great having a space that's kind of maybe even partially covered in, but if you can have that heat source, be it, as you say, from a patio heater or from a, a fire pit or whatever, it usually keeps away the flies and the things from eating you as well. And it also means you can pretty much stay out all night, uh, especially, you know, in May, June and July when we have reasonable weather. So it's a great way to have the garden used more the year round. Maybe not all the year round. I wouldn't be going out crooking a turkey now, I have to say, but um, it's great that you can, uh, <laughs> that you can extend the season. And, you know, we do have a short summer, so... So it's great to have those uh, options, I suppose, which maybe we hadn't in the past so much. Um, and yeah. just as well, uh, I, I'm, you mentioned furniture there earlier, and I know we do talk a lot about uh, you know furniture and its longevity and that. And is a furniture suitable for this country? Because you know we do have a damp climate here, and leaving furniture out all year round may not be an option. Are, are there options for people who don't want to take furniture in or mightn't have the space to do that? Yeah, no, there definitely is. I said, like, the furniture is designed for, for outdoor use for all year round. Um, probably some of the better ones for our climate really would be the likes of the cast aluminium, uh, garden furniture. We've the Amalfi range in store. It's, it's great. You don't have to worry about any maintenance. It's not going to rust because it's aluminium. You don't have to worry about painting it. All you really have to do is you can leave it out all year round. Um, and, you know, just give it a wash down with some hot soapy water. That's the, the extent of how, looking after it. Um, and then the weave furniture, again, that can be left outside all year round. Um, it's a synthetic weave, aluminium frame. So, again, you're not worried about the rust. Um, and really, the only thing you would really need to be uh, keeping an eye on is the cushions. You know, you'd want to be storing them inside. But as regards to the furniture itself, it can be left out all year round. Yeah, and that sounds kind yeah. of what you want really isn't it you don't want to be lugging in and out um, and I guess there are as well yeah. options if you're more on a budget uh, they probably will involve a little bit more protection of them and that uh, there's wooden options and various things as well I'm sure yeah exactly like if you're looking at wooden um, furniture wooden benches uh, we would sell quite a lot of the wooden benches are still very popular and um, you're just really talking about using a, a protector oil and you rub it on um, gone are the days on the varnish and you're just rubbing it on with a cloth and, and it protects the furniture but I suppose a, a very important thing is you know covering down the furniture if you are limited on space and, and you can't store it away a, a good garden furniture cover over the top of it is you know really good it keeps it clean um, and it also keeps the furniture together so it stops it blowing around the garden because most of the time you get people coming in saying the, you know the chair blew over and they got damaged or the glass top on the table blew um, off and, and, and broke so if you have it the furniture covered down um, you know it stops any issues like that uh, happening so but so a good furniture cover is definitely I would recommend to anyone buying furniture uh, one that you know is, is waterproof but also allows the air through so it's a breathable cover so it stops any mould and anything building up inside so that's definitely one I would recommend um, for anyone getting furniture thinking about getting some 
Very good. So there are there's options there, I suppose, depending on what you want and what you um, have in the garden. And uh, just finally, James, to explain to people who haven't been up to Kilquade up in uh, Wicklow, uh, the site is not only just your uh, you know garden centre, but it was or is known as the National Garden Exhibition Centre. Can you just very briefly explain about that and what that means and what's in the back of the garden centre there? Yeah, so we have, I think about over 25 years ago now, um, it was originally set up by um, garden designers really to showcase, you know, different types of gardens and different styles of gardens. Um, The Arboretum took over this site about eight years ago. All the show gardens, there's 18 show gardens still out the back. Um, They're hugely popular with our customers. Um, You know, they're lovely to walk around, have a cup of coffee, have a stroll around. Um, They're free of charge, used to be charged and we've free of charge now. So it's a really nice attraction. They're gorgeous gardens. Um, it's, it's been there for over 25 years now, so they're really, really nice. Yeah, I have to say I've been up and I've seen them and they are, uh, it's exceptional there. There's so much there to see, not only just the garden centre, but, you know, the site itself. There's uh, a huge amount there. So it, it's a great setting to have a garden centre in and I'm sure a great place to work. Um, well, Oh, yeah. it definitely is. Great. Um, very, really nice part of the country. Very good. Uh, well, James Connolly of the Arboretum in Kilquaid, thank you very much. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back to answer your gardening questions. The Garden Show on KCLOR with Paul Smith. Brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven. Transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments. Arboretum.ie and welcome back to The Garden Show. We've just had James Connolly on from the Arboretum in Kilquaid talking all things garden furniture um, and everything to do with getting your garden ready for the summertime. Uh, moving on now to come answer listener uh, answer our listeners' questions. Uh, we've had Jim on over the break from Kilkenny asking about Copper Beach. He says Copper Beach is lovely and it is either as a hedge or as a tree in its own right. But he's wondering, is there something uh, that sort of fills the gap earlier and before that um, it all depends Jim I suppose on if you're looking to have it grown as a tree or grown copper beech as a hedge um, if you grow copper beech as a hedge they tend to look uh, quite well all through the winter time and they keep their leaves on right until about now they've started to put out their new growth so it tends to be that beech trees copper or green will look really great right up to the time of about April and then April is actually their worst month when they start to shed off their old leaves that they have there and they put on the new leaves so uh, that's one thing to note. And I suppose the other thing, if you're looking for something that gives you interest uh, all winter long and all year long, you're probably better looking at an evergreen hedge or something that will be there, uh, given a small bit of colour and interest. I mean, uh, we've only really got uh, our trees and things grown in the last couple of weeks. So if you could maybe look at something like a Fatinia hedge, a red robin hedge, uh, would give you a little bit of earlier colour if you want something in the garden to give you a small bit of colour before the copper beech comes into leaf. Um, and any of the evergreen trees to be honest now you'll only obviously get green from them but the red robin is a very popular choice because not only is it a lovely evergreen plant but it will also put out lovely bright red foliage and it tends to come into growth a little bit earlier so that might be a nice thing to kind of complement that copper beech if you're looking to put something in uh, as a hedge or maybe something as a standalone shrub that will work in both ways as well um, we've had Val asking about the best time to sow out tomatoes here 
And tomatoes are a plant that, I mean, they come from South America and that part of the world. And it's only, uh, you know, in the last few hundreds years that we've started to grow them as a crop. But uh, they do grow and they're very happily grown here in Ireland. They will need a bit of protection. So tends to be better if you can grow them in a polytunnel or a glasshouse, even in a warm south-facing conservatory or even if you just have a south-facing room in your house with a nice window, uh, you can happily grow one tomato plant in your house in a pot, no problem, as long as you... Uh, train it and you don't allow it to get too big you can pinch out tomatoes and stop them uh, getting bigger if you just want to get them to a certain height and then you just have to keep pinching them at that height it'll stop them taking over the room or even if they're grown in a conservatory or a glass house it'll stop them taking over that so pinching out tomatoes is important and you might have to look up a little bit more about that but in terms of sowing them out you can pretty much from now on think about putting them out because it is at this time of year when our frost has pretty much been finished we are what on today the 9th of May I could probably safely say we're not going to have frost. I'll probably have to eat my words next week because we'll have a frost over the week. But generally speaking, uh, where we are here, Carlo Kilkenny, by the end, middle of May, certainly by the end of May, all chance of frost has passed. So if you are looking at putting out your tomatoes, maybe wait another week or two, keep them inside, keep a little bit more heat and they should be absolutely fine. Another question in as well, just about uh, beech hedges and another one from David. And he's asking about the beech hedge coming out at different times and why that is. Uh, and is it normal? And it's perfectly normal, David. And the reason being that beech are actually all propagated from seed. And when seed is propagated, every single seed, bit like us as humans, are all genetically ever so slightly different. So we don't have the same colour hair. We're not all the same height. We're not all the same anything. Uh, whereas lots of other things like laurels are clones. So think of Dolly the sheep, they're cloned off each other and as a result they're all exactly the same, they do the very same thing and when seedlings of beech are sown in these nurseries, they tend to be grown and they tend to come up at different times and they tend to come out slightly differently a few weeks earlier or a few weeks later absolutely nothing to worry about, very very normal, happens every single year if you have a beech hedge for a long long time you'll notice every year a couple come out a little bit earlier and some are a little bit less, so nothing to worry about at all when it comes to that and very very normal thing to do that is, unfortunately, all we have time for this week on The Garden Show. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be having a look at the Garlow Garden Trail and we'll be talking all things gardening and, as ever, answering your garden questions. Uh, until next week, we'll see you. And we're going to go out with a uh, song, Big Yellow Taxi, from Counting Crows.